Hello, hello. Hey there. How's everybody doing this morning? Uh, my name is Brent. I'm one of the pastors here at Redemption. Uh, and we are actually wrapping up our third week, our third and final week in our Purpose, Vision, and Mission series. Uh, so my job uh, this week is to uh, essentially tell you what the mission of Redem- Redemption Church is. <clears throat> Excuse me. But I want to start with a little bit of background. So uh, some of you may not be aware, but the last four years uh, I've taught history uh, down the road at uh, Curtis Baptist School. Um, I taught world history and some other different courses, but really the focus for me and where I spent most of my energy and time uh, was with U.S. history and specifically in the AP U.S. history course, uh, Go A Push. Uh, it really was my favorite class, uh, and when I talk to people I found out that it's also their favorite class. Maybe they're just... Uh, Trying to be kind because they know that I taught it. Uh, but nonetheless, it really is uh, my favorite course to teach because uh, you get to really dig into primary sources. Uh, you really get to uh, look at both sides of stories. You really get to do uh, some really fun stuff that you don't typically get to do in other high school history courses. <clears throat> and so being a high school uh, APUS history teacher, it really puts me in an interesting place to be preaching this week on the mission of Redemption Church, mostly because mission is kind of an odd word. Um, It's odd for a couple different reasons, but in particular, one, mission is pretty impersonal. The word itself is impersonal. Two, uh, when I think of mission, I kind of think of like Tom Cruise and Mission Impossible, and I know like that's not what we're going for either. Uh, So we're not going for impersonal, we're not going for Tom Cruise. Uh, But there's a third hangup that I have that's probably a little... uh, more serious. Uh, when I, you know, from the position of a, of a U.S. history teacher or somebody who spent some time studying uh, history, when we hear the word or when I hear the word mission, uh, there's a lot of baggage that's attached to the word. Um, I don't know if you guys are familiar, but things like the Crusades uh, was tied to mission and specifically religious mission. Um, the racism uh, and greed that really drove Uh, American colonialism or imperialism uh, around the world. Then you have uh, the decimation of the Native Americans and the Native American culture uh, largely at the hand or at least tied to uh, mission. Uh, So needless to say, the word mission, especially when it's tied to some sort of a religious religious, uh, group, uh, is kind of a weird word that has some real baggage for me. Uh, but after really thinking through and processing through those things that, that happen, um, after processing through some of that, uh, I realized that I think something else was happening there other than Christian mission. And before we kind of toss out the word mission, uh, I, want, I want to invite you to consider a proposition. Uh, and the proposition that those terrible things that have happened throughout history that have been associated with the word mission uh, weren't an act, weren't and aren't uh, actually of Christ. Uh, and they weren't and aren't actually um, people doing what he called them uh, to do. Uh, as a matter of fact, I think that they happened when one of two things took place. I think they happened when, one, people really just went out pursuing their own agendas and then like sprinkled a little bit of religion or a little bit of Jesus into what they were doing to justify their cause. <clears throat> or two, when people honestly wanted to set out to be about the mission of God, but really didn't go about it the way that he called them to go about it. 
And so since we are redemption, we want to be about what God is up to. Uh, we don't, uh, yeah, we want to be about what God is up to. We want to be about his kingdom, his mission, his story. Uh, we we want to take a look at uh, the book of Habakkuk, which is where we've been all throughout our Purpose, Vision, and, Purpose, Vision, and Mission series. Uh, so if you want to get out your Bible, uh, you can open up to Habakkuk. It's in the Old Testament, uh, chapter 2, and we're going to look at verse 14. And again, what we're doing is, we're, the, the question whenever we look at all this is to say, hey, what is God really up to? And we, we think that what we see here in Habakkuk really encapsulates the, the picture of what God is up to. So before we read, I'm just going to uh, pray for us, if you guys would join me uh, in prayer. Father, as we go to your word, um, and we look at what, uh, what we want to be up to here, I just pray for your directions, uh, that you would... Uh, make clear uh, what you're doing in our hearts and our lives and here uh, in Redemption Church and on a bigger scale here in Augusta and the role that you've called uh, each of us uh, to be in that. Um, Lord, may we just uh, see you uh, through your word. May we be pointed to you, transformed by you. Uh, We just uh, pray these things in your name. Amen. So we're looking at Habakkuk 2, verse 14. It's not a huge piece of text. But again, like I said, I think it, is, it, it encapsulates what, what God is up to. Habakkuk 2.14 reads, uh, For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the water covers the sea. It says, For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the water covers the sea. Now, over the last couple weeks, uh, Reggie and Ben have shown us uh, this isn't just an isolated thing. That what we see in Habakkuk, what God is up to, uh, isn't just one time. It's actually happening all throughout the story. Uh, and I actually want to unpack that a little bit. Um, so think back to the story. We, it, it's good for us to take a look and see how this is happening uh, throughout the, the larger narrative of Scripture. Uh, so we start with the story at the beginning. So we'll look uh, just at Genesis. I'm just going to overview the story. In Genesis 1, what do you see in the beginning, right? God creates man and woman in his image, and then he tells them or he commands them to be fruitful, to multiply, to subdue, uh, and to cultivate the earth. Now think about that in light of what we see in the Habakkuk. What is God actually doing? He creates man and woman in his image, right? Creates them in his image, and then tells them to go and multiply that image throughout the world. What is God up to in the beginning? He's actually filling the earth with his image and glory, even at the beginning. But we know in the story, you don't have to really go much further uh, into Genesis 3, so two chapters later, and you see what we call the fall. We see that Adam and Eve choose to actually disobey God. They choose to disobey his one command, and and they welcome in sin and death. So what happens as they go and they fill the earth, as they, they are fruitful and they multiply and they fill the earth, now what are they filling the earth with? It's not the glory of God. It's not the image of God, but it's actually a broken and misrepresented image of who and what God is. So we see Genesis 1, go fill the earth with the image and the glory of God, essentially, right? And then in Genesis 3, we see that distorted. But luckily for us, uh, the story doesn't end as a tragedy, We see that God showed his great love for us and that while we were yet sinners, while we were yet the ones who were multiplying uh, the broken image, misrepresenting who God was, he died for us. And we see that he authored uh, the most epic story of 
uh, redemption. And we see it begin to unfold as early as in Genesis 12, where God takes Abraham and he says to Abraham, like, I will bless the entire, entire world through you. Uh, and then we see it again in 2 Samuel, uh, when God promises to establish a kingdom that will reign forever. He promises in 2 Samuel that from the, from the seed of David, or in the line of David, that there would be a savior who would come, that would conquer sin and death and bring salvation And we see the Savior come in the New Testament. And through the New Testament, we see that through Christ, God has established his church. And that he has taken us and he has invited us into the family of God. And then he empowers us by and through his Holy Spirit to bring about the good news uh, to the rest of the world. And what is the good news? That he has taken that broken image our broken world, and he's replacing it with his image and saturating the, uh, the earth with his glory through his people. So what I want you to see is that, uh, as, like I said, as Reggie and Ben talked about it, that God has always been up to this. God has always been about filling the earth with his image and his glory. And at Redemption, we believe that this is good news for us because we believe that God is good. We believe it's such good news that, that we... We're willing and we want to rearrange our lives around this. Now, uh, for us, uh, what does it mean that God is establishing his church and inviting us to the family of God and empowering us through his spirit, uh, using us to bring about good news to the world? Like, what, what does this look like for us? Well, Reggie showed us that it looks like a gospel community on mission. It looks like a group of people being transformed by the gospel, called together in community, and then sent out on mission. And the next natural question is if, well, we're a gospel community on mission, okay? Redemption Church, we're a gospel community on mission. What, what do we do as a gospel community on mission? What does this mission actually look like? What are we trying to do? Well, it looks like what Ben talked about in the vision, which is leading people to Jesus who lead people to Jesus. And who are the people? They're me, they're you, they're people who are not yet believers because we're actually leading those of us who are believers back to Christ because we so easily forget the gospel. And then we're leading those who don't yet know Christ to him because we believe, again, that this is good news for us. But this still isn't uh, all that specific, right? I mean, if we're going to be a gospel community on mission, if we're gonna, who, who lead people to Jesus, who lead people to Jesus... Um, it really doesn't give us the nuts and bolts of how this thing works out. So that's why uh, at Redemption, uh, in our mission statement, we've actually laid out the how. So as a gospel community on mission, leading people to Jesus who lead people to Jesus, we're going to do this by, by bridging barriers to the gospel through four rhythms. We want to uh, bridge barriers to the gospel through practical biblical teaching, through practice spiritual disciplines, through building relationships, and through serving people. In other words, we want to be a people who are bridging barriers to the gospel as we build relationships and serve people inside and outside of the church. We want to be bridging barriers to the gospel as uh, we are practicing spiritual disciplines, both individually and collectively, and also as we, uh, hear, and, uh, or we hear and experience sound biblical teaching. So redemption, in order to kind of bring that about, we've actually, we have a couple different spaces that we see this unfold. 
the three major spaces are on our Sunday mornings, uh, throughout our missional communities, and in our DNAs. And uh, we're aware uh, that there's, there's no program, there's no service, there's no event that's actually going to make these things happen. That, that this happens, people are led to Jesus, who lead people to Jesus, when they encounter people who have been transformed by the gospel. Not when people are putting on a program or putting on a show or pretending, but when they really genuinely experience people who've been transformed and renewed by the gospel. When they experience people who love them, not for anything that they can get for them. Who bless them because they've been blessed, not because they can get something from them. This is when the transformation, it really happens. And so at Redemption, we've created these spaces, or we have these spaces in place so that we can lean into the Spirit, so that we personally can be transformed by the gospel, and so that we can go out and see other people come to know, come to know Christ. So I wanted to take a little bit of time and go through each of these uh, this morning. How does this, how does this mi- mission statement to bridge barriers to the gospel through rhythms of practical biblical teaching, uh, through practice spiritual disciplines, through building relationships, and through personal service, how does this actually shape uh, the way that we do those three things? So the first that I said was uh, Sunday mornings. Think about what we do here, what we have done here, and what we're doing here on Sunday morning when we get together. We've intentionally set aside time to get together and corporately participate in those rhythms. Practical biblical teaching. We have a sermon each week where one of us gets up and we're going to preach a practical gospel-centered sermon uh, each week. Uh, We also have our Redemption Kids ministry, our Redemption Kids, which is our children's ministry, where there's also practical biblical teaching taking place. We also see that happen Um, through practicing spiritual disciplines together. When we get in here, we start out, we pray together, right? We listen and hear a corporate, or we read a corporate confession of sin. We we meditate on and we hear the uh, assurance of pardon and grace. We worship God through song. We worship God through giving. Um, And then we uh, celebrate communion together where we each take and then proclaim uh, that we believe that Jesus is who he is. So these things are happening as we get together on Sundays. We also connect with one another. We have the opportunity to get here and to build relationships with one another. And not just with one another, but we're also, when we come here, we're actually building relationships also with the people who are around us. As you go and you eat and get coffee from New Moon, as you go over and shop at the Book Tavern, we're actually building relationships with the people who are around us. Again, inside and outside. And we believe that's, that's good, right? Um, and then there's lots of places where we serve here on Sunday mornings. Uh, we have greeters. We have security. Uh, we have people who volunteer at guest services. And in the Redemption Kids Ministry, we also have uh, people serving in the role of deacon and elder uh, and also on our worship team. And we do all of these things. The whole purpose in doing all of this is to actually bridge barriers to the gospel. So that, again, we can point one another to Jesus, and we can also point others to Jesus. So Sundays. We also have uh, a second major rhythm, and our second major rhythm are missional communities. And if you've been around at all, you've probably heard us uh, talking a little bit about missional communities, or you've heard them referred to as MCs. Uh, that's not a uh, master of ceremonies. Uh, it is a missional community, despite the confusing uh, 
term that we have. So anyway, for those who don't know about our missional communities or what they are, uh, they're really just groups of people who are getting together with, from our church throughout the city, uh, gathering at different times and in different places and in different communities uh, to bridge barriers to the gospel within a more localized context. And what's neat about missional communities, this is really where uh, my passion is, uh, is that what's neat about our missional communities is that we get to take the gospel outside of the walls of, of our church, uh, our church building, I guess. Um, and I really like that uh, the way that the gospel uh, shapes each of us in our missional communities is all different, to, you know, based on our context and who, uh, who we've kind of said, hey, this is who we want to love and share Jesus with. And so I want to take a second, rather than going through, hey, how, can, how are we doing each of those rhythms in our missional community, and just tell you a little bit about what, what's happening in our missional community and what we've seen over the last couple years. Uh, it really has been uh, pretty awesome. And we have seen, as we're seeking to bridge barriers to the gospel, we have seen uh, personal service. We have seen us building relationships. We've seen uh, us practicing spiritual disciplines, inviting people into those spiritual disciplines who are part of our community. Uh, and we've also seen some practical biblical teaching. So I guess I'll give you, go ahead and just give you the overview of our missional community. Um, and this is just, just where we are. We have lots of stories, lots of things have happened that have been really good and neat uh, and challenging. And we would be more than willing, anybody in our MC, to uh, tell you those stories. But I do have a couple that I want, I want to give you uh, today. So um, Kelly and I live... Uh, on Central Avenue, uh, across from Helga's Pub. Uh, and we had been meeting for a while as a missional community uh, and had been talking about, you know, hey, well, what does it really look like for us as a community being transformed by the gospel to really live out that gospel identity in our community and then also on mission? And so we realized that, you know, that really was going to begin with us living in community together. Uh, which, is, which was pretty neat. So initially some of the things we did was we said, hey, we want to get together uh, more than one time a week, but we definitely want to get together at least one time a week and share a meal together. Um, we've shared our stories about what God's doing in our life, the things that we've encountered uh, with one another. We've prayed for one another. Uh, we've struggled uh, with one another when we've gone through some challenging times. Uh, we've celebrated one another, we've served one another, we've helped one another out, and just very practical things, you know, repairing a bathroom or uh, somebody helping me come over and do some breaks. And, you know, we just found, like, basic ways to, to serve one another and to build relationships. And uh, as we began to grow as a community, we began to grow closer together, we realized that we wanted to see those gospel rhythms uh, shape the way that we were on mission. And so we began to identify... Uh, just an area, and, and for, for all of our MCs, it can be a network, it can be a neighborhood of people, uh, but we just identify and we say, hey, we want to bring the gospel to bear in this place. We want to love them, bless them, and share Jesus with them. And for us, that looked like our neighbors. Um, so we started ambitious, excited, and we said, hey, you know, what's going to happen is we're going to like invite our neighbors over to our house, and they're going to come hang out with us, and we're going to be good buddies, and then we're going to be able to tell them why we love them like we do is because of what Jesus has done for us, and then everything is going to like work out smooth. So uh, for multiple months, we invited people into our home. We said, hey, we're having a grill out, we're cooking out, you know, come on over. We did it even went out to our backyard because we were like, hey, people like backyards better than coming in houses, uh, but there was 
really nothing happening. People weren't coming over. They were seeing a large group of people who they didn't know get together, and they were like, yeah, this is weird. It might be some sort of a cult. I don't think we're going to go hang out with these people. Uh, so what we did is we said, hey, we believe God has called us to bridge barriers to the gospel with our community, so they're not coming and hanging out with us, so we're just going to go hang out with them. And so we started, we moved our parties uh, to a shared mutual driveway that we have with our neighbors, which is a very intimate bond. If you've never shared a driveway with anybody, uh, you know there's uh, lots of weird things that happen when you share a driveway, especially when there's a lot of people uh, who live there. Anyways, um, so we moved our parties out to this mutual space in between our houses. And we began to just celebrate basic things. Like we would go around and say, hey, we're going to throw a Halloween party. Or, hey, we're going to throw a Christmas party. Hey, for Thanksgiving, we're going to do a fish fry. Uh, and we did. I've never had fish at Thanksgiving, but we did it uh, this past year. And it was actually pretty awesome. Uh, and they began to buy into the idea, right? Like we wanted our community to be a better place. And we believed the way to get it there was through the gospel. And so that's why we went about bridging barriers we had people come and eat together, people from different houses. Uh, we have a couple different rental units around our house, and so people who kind of saw one another as enemies or you know, had kind of assumed the worst about people began coming together and eating together. And I don't know if you know, but when you eat together, good things happen. Endorphins are released in your brain, and you actually have... Uh, it's a good thing. It's a bonding thing. And we actually began to see people as neighbors begin to talk with one another a little more, hang out with one another, uh, one another a little more. Um, and so we had kind of really, well, kind of, we had really built some good relationships with some of our neighbors who lived upstairs. Uh, and that, that was kind of like where we were focusing energy and effort. Um, and then they moved. And then we were kind of at a crisis. We were like, so what do we do now? You know, we've poured all this in energy into building relationship, building community, and then they moved. And really, truthfully, just a couple months before, both people in the bottom units had moved. So there was complete 100% turnover in the house. Except Neil. Neil lived next door, and Neil had been coming to some things with us. He'd been hanging out with us. I asked Neil if I could share this, so it's not uh, awkward. Uh, but we, we had been uh, hanging out. He had been coming along. He came to the Christmas parties, the Thanksgiving fish fries, uh, the Halloween get-togethers. Um, and then one day we're just hanging out with Neil because we had formed a friendship, right? And Neil just says to us, he's like, it's actually Justin and I. We were over at Neil's house just hanging out. And Neil was like, hey, so I really want what you guys have. I'm not sure what it is, uh, but, but I want it. And so we were able to say, hey, like, we do what we do because what Jesus has done in our lives, and we believe that he, he can do it and he can work that out in, in your life as well. And so Neil said, yes, I want Jesus. This sounds awesome. Uh, and so Neil... He's a part of our community. He, he is on mission with us in our neighborhood to make our neighborhood a better place now. Uh, and that was really awesome. And so we said, well, maybe we don't need to redefine our missional focus. Because about that time we had about, uh, well, we had about seven people move into a rental unit, uh, like a one-bedroom rental unit. Uh, and we were like, hey, this might be a good opportunity. There's, lots of, there's five teenagers. Um, and we were like, hey, this is a really good opportunity to, to build some relationships uh, and things were getting a little bit chaotic, a lot of traffic in and out and stuff like that. So we're like, hey, let's, let's really push in here and, and build some relationships and eat together and those sorts of things again. So, sorry for being long-winded, but we, 
we started to throw parties. We started to throw birthday parties. I think it just started with one. We were like, hey, Neil, we're going to throw you a birthday party. And then somebody was like, hey, you're throwing him a birthday party. My birthday party is next week. Can you throw me a birthday party? And we were like, hey, why not? Let's throw another birthday party. And believe it or not, I mean, it just started to happen. I mean, there was one week, like a month ago, when we had three birthday parties in a row, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, we throw a lot of birthday parties. And at these birthday parties, we have cake. Uh, we buy cakes. We uh, bring hot dogs and hand- hamburgers and chips. Oh, no. We, uh, we uh, have hot, er, hot dogs, hamburgers, chips, uh, and all kind of fun stuff. And one of the things we try to do to like, begin like, sowing some gospel seeds is we said, hey, we want to like, pray for whoever's birthday party it is. So we just asked, we're like, hey, can we pray for you in this next year? Uh, and we haven't had a person say no yet. So we throw a party for them, we celebrate their life, we pray for them. Um, but we really weren't seeing, even, even though we were throwing parties like crazy, and I mean, we're not even talking about our neighbors, we're talking about our neighbors were like, hey, I have a friend whose birthday party is next week. <laughs> and we were like, all right, guys, should we like clumpies and start doing monthly parties? But I don't know, there was something special about people feeling special and us really caring about people and what's going on in their lives. And... Um, this last week was really cool for us, uh, and I, I'm just going to share with you. Uh, it, it was really cool. So despite us being birthday-crazed people uh, and probably buying more cake from Dairy Queen and Bilo in the last few months than we have in our entire lives, um, I mean, we keep stock. Hamburger buns, hot dog buns, we are ready. <laughs> you guys can come over today. We can throw one today. Um, Despite all of our birthday efforts and trying to build relationships, we were still having some issues like really getting to know the people who live around us. Uh, we were having some issues like th- there were still some barriers, right? Like we weren't getting into their home. They weren't coming into our home. Uh, and just this last week, uh, we were just talking outside and they invited me to come in to their house and we're just hanging out and we're just chatting. And I'm like, hey, so on Wednesdays, we have a community from uh, that's, you know, of, of believers who get together every week and we have a family meal at our house. We want to invite you to our family meal. Uh, and we had invited them probably 10 or 15 times and it's just been like, yeah, sounds good, we'll be there and nobody comes. Uh, but this week was a little bit different. I was like, I invited them to come and uh, I came home from doing some stuff uh, and out in the rain there was five teenage boys hanging out, pouring down rain, waiting for me to get home because they didn't want to miss dinner. So they're there an hour before dinner starts. They come in, they're drying off, and I send a mayday text to everybody in our missional community like, hey, there are going to be five extra boys here tonight, high school boys, like football players, right? They eat a lot of food. Uh, and I knew that you know, we were doing like Asian stir-fry, and so there probably wasn't going to be like a whole lot of like, you know, I don't know, high school football boys. You know, they don't want salads. Um, <laughs> So I send out, our missional community is so awesome. They went all out, went and got rice from a Chinese restaurant, cakes, cookies, um, extra salads, uh, fruit bowls, and they come in, and I kid you not, we normally have about 15 people who get together in our missional community, and we had, oh, so I didn't tell you, so I'm sitting there, and it's like more people begin to come over from our neighborhood. We ended up with 10 people from our neighborhood who had never been in our house before, we got to eat a meal with them. We got to ask them what's going on in their lives and how we could pray for them. 
And we even said, like, hey, so we normally, like, when we eat as a family, we, like, pray as a family together. Uh, and we just want you to know, like, this doesn't need to be weird. You can feel free to leave and not feel real awkward. And they were all like, no, why would we leave? This is cool. Uh, who knew? And so we sat around and we shared what was going on in one another's lives. And we were able to pray for them. And they were able to share about what was going on in their lives. And they could hear what was going on in our lives. And uh, we got to know their stories a little better. That was this Wednesday. And they've been over to our house every single day since then. Hey, can we watch TV? Hey, can you play basketball? Can you take us to play basketball? Hey, can you give us a ride to work? Hey, can you do this and do that? And uh, it's really been cool. It's really been awesome to see actual barriers to the gospel bridged. And people care about one another, but not because of something they can get or not because it makes them feel good, but because really like Jesus has changed us and we want to see him like, do that in other people. We, we really do love our missional community, and we think it's one of the a major areas where we're bridging barriers uh, to the gospel. So we've done a pretty good job uh, as a church with uh, seeing these rhythms played out in Sundays, and we see them played out in our DNAs, I mean in our uh, missional communities, but where we haven't really seen a whole lot of traction is with our DNAs. Um, for those of you who don't know and who are already tired of all the... Uh, I don't even know what you call those. Acrostic? It's not an acrostic, is it? Acronym. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> we're already tired of uh, those. Uh, DNAs are just simply groups of three to four men and women from a missional community who get together weekly, who study the word together, who um, are uh, praying together and helping each other live out their gospel identities. So historically at Redemption, our DNAs have been called, uh, or they've represented discipleship, nurture, and accountability, and we've decided to change it up just a little bit uh, to three words that remind us of three key components of discipleship. It's, it's essentially the same. though. It's discover, nurture, and act. In our missional communities, we want to get together and discover the truths of the gospel in, in and through scripture. We want to nurture those truths into one another's hearts lead one another to repentance and belief in the gospel, and we want to call one another to act in obedience to what we've seen and what we've been called to. And, and because we believe that DNAs are uh, kind of a missing piece for us right now, we're really going to emphasize, we want to emphasize those uh, for this fall and to call you know, the people of our church to get into DNAs because we think they're really important for discipleship. Um, we, truthfully, like I said, we'd love to see everybody at Redemption Church in the DNA. Uh, and so we're going to help to get them jump-started by uh, asking everybody who is in a DNA to work through a saturate, the Saturate Field Guide. Uh, and if you're not in a DNA, to get hooked up in a DNA and to work through the Saturate Field Guide. What the Saturate Field Guide is, or what it's for, is just for DNAs to kind of get started, to start developing some natural rhythms together, uh, where they're praying together, where they're reading scripture together, and they're leading one another to Christ. Uh, it's an eight-week uh, workbook that's really uh, pretty awesome. Uh, and so we're asking uh, everybody uh, to get into that. And so what we've done is uh, David over at the Book Tavern has been super generous, uh, and he's ordered these for us. Uh, and he's selling them to us at $5 cheaper than what Amazon has them for sale. And uh, we're, we're saying, hey, go check them. We have a copy at the guest services. Like, go check them out. Uh, go over to the book tavern. We have a copy over there. You can go check it out over there. And go ahead and order, um, order you a copy of it and work through it over the next 8 to 10 weeks uh, with a DNA. 
uh, I think it'll be uh, really healthy as we move forward uh, and mission together. So ultimately, my job was to tell you how we work out the rhythms, uh, how do we bridge barriers to the gospel. Uh, on Sundays, how do we bridge barriers to the gospel uh, in our missional communities? How do we bridge barriers to the gospel in our DNAs? And we know that we saw that we do that through biblical teaching, leaning into the rhythms of, of biblical teaching, uh, practice spiritual disciplines, building relationships, and serving. Um, so uh, I'd like to, you know, if, if you're here with us and you're visiting this morning, or if you're new, you're just checking us out, it's kind of a weird morning for you to be here. Uh, but we're glad that you're here because you kind of get some insight to see maybe a little bit more of what's happening behind the scenes and what we're up to uh, as a church. And we're not calling you to serve on Sundays. We're not calling you to like go all in with an MC. We're not calling you to get into a DNA. But what we do want to do is invite you into our missional communities again to be able to see a little bit more of the heartbeat of what's happening. For those of you who are part of Redemption Church, we want to say three things. First, we want you to ask a question. Whose kingdom are you seeking? What's it about? Is it Jesus? Are we trying to like, go for our own agendas and throw in some Jesus? Uh, and if so, um, I would just call you as, as the body, as brothers and sisters, to repent and to turn to Christ because he's better. Um, and then from that, we want to call you to serve here on Sunday mornings. If you want to know how, go get with guest services and say, hey, how can I get plugged in serving on Sunday mornings? I promise there's plenty to do. Uh, really buy into your missional community. Build relationships. Uh, come to Converge this Saturday so that you can be a part of helping your missional community develop missional focus. Uh, and, and lastly, really want to encourage you to, to get into a DNA. And if you're not in an MC, Go get hooked up with the missional community. Talk to your missional community leader, and they can kind of give you some direction about how to get into a DNA. Uh, that's where you would go. So I'm going to go ahead and close, uh, but I want you to hear uh, one last thing. You know, as we are engaging in these rhythms, bridging barriers to the gospel and doing all this stuff, we don't want you to hear... Uh, a narrative that says, hey, you're a Christian, so you need to be doing these things. Or we don't want you to hear like, hey, your identity should be in these things. And we don't want you to even find your identity and worth and value and seeing these things work out. We believe that our identity is firmly rooted in Christ, that we're transformed there. And from that place, we are called to serve. Uh, and so we, we want you to hear that. So each week at Redemption, we enter into a time of response uh, the time of response is where we get to actually practice some of those spiritual disciplines. It's a time where the band is going to come up and they're going to lead us and worship through song. Uh, it's a time where, uh, as we're worshiping, you can give um, as an act of worship. And if you're not a member here, we're not asking you to give. We're just saying this is a ministry uh, for those who are, are members here at Redemption. And then lastly, it's a time for us to take communion, to remember what Christ has done. And so we come up... We're going to come up through the center aisle. We come up through the center aisle. We go, we tear off the bread, we dip it in the wine or juice. And by doing so, by partaking in communion, we're actually proclaiming to one another and saying that we believe that Jesus is who he says he is and has done what he says he has done. Uh, we proclaim the gospel to one another. So if you're not a believer, um, we just say, hey, there's really not a need for you to get up and uh, proclaim something that you really don't believe. 
So we'd ask you just to hang out where you are uh, and watch, watch, hear what we're saying by taking uh, communion. So uh, I'm going to pray for us. The band is going to come up, uh, and we will uh, take communion and worship. Father, I thank you uh, for what you're doing uh, in the life of Redemption Church. I thank you for what you're doing in uh, a more localized context of our missional communities. I thank you uh, for what you're doing uh, in our DNAs, calling us to be closer with one another, to live life closer with one another in your word. And uh, we just lean into you and just ask uh, that you would just uh, really bless us in this uh, next season, uh, that we would see communities transformed as we are transformed by you. Amen.